Welcome to Adventure Freaks, a podcast on living abroad on a budget. All right, so today we are we are heading over to Montenegro, and my new friend is Valentino Devasco. And Valentino is a truly um, unique uh, man. He's um, he's traveled all over the world he's been to what 45 different countries valentino something like that i, I don't have the exact number i stopped counting yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he has landed in this the, the beautiful destination of montenegro and a lot of people have asked me about this particular country i don't know a lot about it um, valentino lives there he has some properties there and he is going to share his uh his wisdom but first um, I'm going to pull up a map to show everybody where Montenegro is. So let me share this, Valentino. I love the People usually hear about the Adriatic, right? So there's Italy and that beautiful area of the coast. Yeah. And then right across the boot of Italy, you find this area that is the Balkans, ex-Yugoslav states. Montenegro is the smallest, I think, country after the ex-Yugoslav war. And I would say it has so many things to, to offer people right now. Croatia is the go-to for tourists. Yeah. Right? Uh, Montenegro receives far more tourists from Eastern Europe, which is something I can appreciate a lot because my wife is Russian and I speak Russian and uh, I appreciate Slavic culture to a great extent, mm -hmm. whereas Croatia caters mostly to Western Europeans. Yeah, so yeah. that's one huge difference right Croatia is European Union Montenegro is not we only have a tiny little bit of coast but we also have something that I think is truly special and that's Boca Bay and Boca Bay is one of the jewels of natural wonder in the world they call it the southern fjords right okay and basically it's a two bays one after another surrounded by mountains that are around a thousand to a thousand eight hundred meters tall so mm -hmm. the views are extremely extraordinary yeah yeah uh, and that's basically what made the the cinching uh, how do you say element in my decision to stay specifically in montenegro and not some other nearby country that i also have found to appreciate a lot sure sure yeah thanks for that yeah it's almost it's like kind of like directly across from rome if you go across and it's located in such a perfect area you have access to so many amazing places over there. Well, one of my uh, local friends, he likes to tell me, Montenegro is as far south as you can get, where you still have green everywhere. And then wow. it just starts getting sandy and sunny and sunny, sunny and sunny and sunny. And of course, we get sun, but it's also pure vegetation in our area. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, um, okay. Let me see here. So, all right. So, now, the extraordinary life that you live, Valentino, you're from, you're, you originate from Peru, Lima. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you've been an actor, you're an artist, but you're, you're a human being. He wanted, Valentino wanted to be acknowledged as a human being. Um, but you've had this extraordinary experience in, in life, in, in travel. So my, my first question is, of all of these places, how did you land in Montenegro? Well, I fell in love with a number of countries before I ended up here in the Balkans. And I can definitely say that finding uh, 
the Balkans was an accident because sadly in South America, we are heavily influenced by North American news information and social media and have no idea about Yugoslavia or the socialist ex-republics that existed in this part of the world, where actually surprisingly to my, uh, to my surprise, socialism was extremely beneficial for the local populace. So this is something really curious that took me years to get into and learn about but it's very evident in their culture that for various reasons, maybe even genetic reasons and reasons of culture and tradition, they were able to embrace socialism as a, yeah, of course we should take care of our brother. It wasn't like, a, okay, we have to accept this whole new code of ethics and laws and rules that is not our norm. For them, embracing socialism was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we already kind of live that way. Mm -hmm. And that attracted me so much when I came here. Uh, I came in 2016. I okay. bought a motorcycle in Eastern Russia. This was my third motorcycle trip. Bought a motorcycle in Eastern Russia, what? drove across Russia and the Caucasus and Mongolia. And when I arrived in the Balkans, I was just surprised because I, I had no idea what to expect. I had met one Macedonian girl in Peru years ago in a club. And I was like, okay, you know, Macedonia, first time I've ever heard of it. I remember the lake she told me to go check out. So I ran over there in Macedonia and I was just like what is this place you know this is amazing what is this quality of life people have here what is this friendliness what is this hospitality this openness you don't find it in all of the world true the world is a very nice place to travelers right mm -hmm. but the special brand of hospitality that the Balkans has to offer is so genuine and it looks for so little in return it doesn't need something back from you you know it's not a taking kind of hospitality it's just an offering of friendship. Uh, hello, neighbor. You know what I mean? In the Christian term of neighbor, sure. it's very beautiful. And so that made me want to stay in this area. Mm -hmm. Over the last uh, five years, I definitely checked out every possible place. At one point, I was thinking of Croatia, but uh, the price to come in to Croatia is just too high gotcha. for, for a lot of people, right? The price of real estate, the price of daily life, on the Croatian coast, if you can afford it, amazing, it's beautiful. It definitely has more cultural happening things than Montenegro does, but it's, you know, I'm talking about 40% higher cost of entrance than Montenegro, 50% or more. Yeah, yeah. And then also just the cost of living. So for me, Montenegro was the perfect combination of wild mountains, nature. I'm a biker, so here are amazing roads for motorcycles, for cyclists, for walking people who enjoy hiking in nature. But the cinch for me is the opportunities here. You know, I, I find this land to be full of opportunities because there are so many corners of market that are unexplored. There are so many niche markets waiting for someone to see things a little differently and go mm. for them. Yeah, yeah. For example, I teach tango. Okay, so I have a formation in tango. I spent five years studying tango. And I did teach for a while when I was traveling. And over the last six months, uh, I've been building up several groups of tango in different coastal towns near, near where I live in Herzegnavi. And it's not like it's an enraging success and there are tons of people who are interested in because these are all small towns, you know, 1,000 people, 20,000 people. The big city is 40,000 people. 50, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Little yeah. small towns, but there are enough people that find this curious, that find this interesting, 
to make it a niche market for me to explore. Sure. To make it something actually economically successful here. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't need to make a lot of money to live nicely here. That's one of the biggest attraction points in a world that right now is getting to insane levels of expensive. Even back home in Lima, cost of living can be higher than here. Yes. And Lima is like, you know, it's huge capital, not a very pretty or interesting city to live in for me, at least. Whereas here, you're on the coast in pristine Adriatic waters with this crazy nature all around you with this beautiful Mediterranean vibe. And you're like, well, I do a lot of my work on a computer anyway. So this this is kind of as good as it gets for, for me. Yeah. Wow, man. You're, you're, uh, I want to move there already. (laughs) You know, don't spell it, buddy. I don't tell South Americans because I keep (laughs) on telling my local friends, if only South Americans knew how safe it is here. Oh my God. They would just like come here by the droves and, 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 maybe it wouldn't be that well, great anymore but <laughs> yeah no it's a beautiful part of the world and just the way that you describe it it's it's really uh yeah inspiring for sure now when you say like um you mentioned like quality of life there's good there's i mean quality of life right now in Europe is is pretty good i mean it's incredibly affordable all through, throughout Europe right now but when you say quality of life and you're talking about the people the culture what did you notice that was different from like croatia or some of these other places that that you were in well uh, let's not compare croatia so much as okay. more western europe because i've also spent quite a bit of time in western europe and even though quality of life like you said is quite affordable if you're coming from america Yes. Uh, for me, it's still quite high. Okay. For me, I, I feel like the, the quality of life to be able to live nicely, to go to some nice restaurants sometimes, to go to a cafe every day, to you know have a drink in the bar every day, you need to be working a lot. And what happens is that thanks to a Yugoslav heritage here, the concept of work is very, very relaxed. And that can be good and bad. Mm-hmm. But mostly I see it as a good thing because I don't like this idea of working your ass off to get by. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. People should work hard, but have enough time in a day to enjoy what they do. Yeah. And so for me, when I mean quality of life, I mean, you don't have a high salary. You have a salary to get by nicely. Sure. But you have time to enjoy that nicely. To give you an idea, almost everybody that I know in this country goes to a coffee shop once or even twice a day. You ask me, what do they do for entertainment? (laughs) They sit and have coffee with their friends. That's literally what they do every day. And for me, coming from South America, that's like, how do you afford this? You know, like, that's crazy. What's your salary? Oh, I make 600 euros. 600 euros? How can you afford this? He's like, well, how can I not afford it? I need to sit down with my friends and have a coffee. It's just part of the culture. It's the way life is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Of course, when you look at salaries, it changes a lot when you work online. Okay, mm-hmm. so I have a lot of people in my immediate network who all work online. They're either programmers or do expat-related services, and there are just so many niches waiting to be developed that cater to specific goods and quality needs that are existing and are, you know, becoming a bigger thing in the market that locals don't quite understand because mm-hmm. they don't have that kind of exposure to travel they don't have that kind of exposure to what other markets look like and how they can look like yeah, so they yeah. basically do the same thing 
everywhere. All the cafes, all the restaurants, they, they basically do the same service-wise, uh, quality of product-wise. And so it, it leaves a lot of room for improvement if you have some interesting ideas. There's, uh, again, like I said, so many ways in which you can improve on the concept of running a, a service or creating a good that meets the needs of a specific market that is particularly the expats who have been uh, growing in population here over the last several years. Mm -hmm. Okay, great, thank you. So what what um, town do you live in, in Montenegro? Um, I live in Herzegnavi, that's like an hour away from Dubrovnik. It's just okay. after the border. Uh, okay. Dubrovnik in Croatia, right? Game of Thrones, Dubrovnik. So I yeah, live yeah. an hour south. Uh, I like it for a number of reasons. One of them be that it's one of the few towns that is really just an authentic town. It's not crazy driven by tourism like Kotor and Budva, which are huge tourism hubs, or even Tivat. It feels more authentic. So when you walk up the streets, people still treat you like a neighbor and not as a tourist money kind of mm -hmm. thing. Sure. Yeah. What is the, what's the name of the um, capital there? Podgorica. Podgorica okay. is a... Uh, not my favorite capital. Okay. I don't live here for a reason. I'm not particularly interested in Podgorica. Uh, I wouldn't be the best person to ask what it has to offer because I, I like seaside and it's not in the seaside. Yeah. What's the population of the capital? Um, I think it's around 250. 250,000? Yeah. And what's the population of the town you live in? Mm, 40. 40, okay. Mm -hmm. And you're right along the sea there. Yeah, I'm, I'm right on the sea. It used to be the capital of like uh, art, literature, and all that kind of stuff during Yugoslav times. And I don't see that so much anymore. And I really hope it will change for the better because a lot of uh, new talent uh, is coming into town. You know, a lot of writers and musicians and poets and painters that I know have been moving here for the last several years. So I think that's going to be a very nice opportunity for there to become a scene because right now if you ask me about a scene culturally speaking it's pretty dead except for summertime yeah yeah where are these people coming from um let's see i know a musician from england i know another guy from france who's setting up a studio uh, a lot of russian musicians are coming a lot of belarusian musicians are coming and a few ukrainians as well so like i said we definitely cater more to eastern europe here Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's really a mixed bag of mostly European nationalities. Yeah. Do you see anybody from the U.S. moving over there? Uh, a couple. A couple. Yeah. I wouldn't say too many because I don't think there's that much information about Montenegro available to people in the U.S. No, it's definitely off the radar. Because, uh, well, I, I think you're going to ask me next about like how how do you how do you actually get here, right? Because that's one of those things that is so attractive, how easy it is to get residency here. Yeah, like the visa requirements, yeah. Exactly, there are like no visa requirements, basically. You need like a, 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 sent, a statement that you have not been in any kind of penal charges and stuff like this, a judicial statement. Uh, you need your, I don't know, university degree, and either you can buy some real estate and get a residency through your real estate, or you can open a company for peanuts, have it run discreetly for peanuts, 
and get a permanent residency wow. like this. And this is not a weird scheme. It's just the normal standard that everybody does. Wow. It's what everybody does. It's all legal. It's very clear cut. Um, I like it because it's so easy, so approachable. Yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah. even need to be like a wizard with languages, but that does enormously help if you if you start learning a little bit of the local language, it goes miles in getting you around here. Yeah, yeah. How long did if you're if you're in Italy and you want to take can you take a boat across to Montenegro? Yeah, there there are several ports that will go. One specifically is Bari, right? So from Bari, yeah, yeah. Italy, you can take a ferry over to bar in montenegro it's one of the southern cities it's a big port city i mean big sixty thousand people right yeah um yeah i think that's like 10 hours or eight hours by boat i haven't done the journey myself so not, okay not sure. so it's not not too bad all right well let's get into to um real estate i mean that's I, i'm just shocked that it's that simple to get over there and there's no real visa requirements make making it that much more desirable um, but what are the, the costs of like, uh, if somebody were to, to, to head over there, a digital nomad looking for a place to live, what are they going to pay for it for a decent flat per month? And does it include utilities? What's included in that? Um, this, this really, Montenegro is all about where you are. So location, location, location. To give you an idea, Herzegnavi has some of the expensive or side of uh, purchase per square meter prices. However, rentals in Herzegnavi are not as high as they can be in Tivat, which is by the Tivat airport, right? Where there's a lot of uh, new developments. I mean, really the whole coastline has doubled in its housing and accommodation options over the last 15 years, literally doubled. And I see that definitely happening in the next 10, 15 years which is a pity because I love it how it is right now. It's just between being rural and having too much development. Yeah. Then uh, I would say for, for a two bedroom apartment, you know, 70 square meters or something, you would be looking at maybe 800 euros of rent. Okay. Yeah, that would be something reasonable. Of course, high end would be 1,000, 1,100, lower end would be maybe 500. Right now I rented the place with my parents because uh, my dad didn't want to live in the little village by the water where I bought an apartment. So we rented that out for a really high price and moved into the actual city and found the perfect spot for ourselves without any agents, without any, uh, you know, uh, in-betweeners, just talking to neighbors. Mm -hmm. And we found the best location. We're paying 500 euros for an 80 square meter, absolutely gorgeous apartment. Yeah, yeah. So wow. You know, you can find really, really good opportunities and deals, especially if you speak the local language and uh, are just nice to people and neighborly and just look around yourself. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're looking at minimum 700, 800. Yeah. And you speak the local language? It is, so I've been learning. Uh, I've been living here for maybe a year and a half. My local language is pretty reasonable. I can be understood and I can get by. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the in the local or the the language is is it Montenegrin, is that what they say? Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's an interesting discussion. You you can call it Montenegrin, you can call it Serbian Croatian, and it's all very 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 much uh, a similar language. Definitely the same family. I wouldn't even call them dialects, but as linguists do say, 
the populations get to decide whether it's a dialect or language. So here they call them languages, but the differences are very small between these different language groups, gotcha. Serbian, Croatian, and Montenegrin. Okay. Still out of respect, we can call it Montenegrin. Isn't there a lot of influence from Italy as well there? Uh, well, for those who like history, the Venetian Empire had a lot of these coastal cities under its flag, right? So a lot of Venetian architecture. In fact, in the south of Croatia and here in Montenegro, you can see a lot of the same stone that was taken back to Venice to build a lot of it. Um, so definitely influenced, but, you know, 600 years ago, not, not in modern times. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So on the low end, you're saying you can get a, you can get a flat for 500. Um, you're looking at 800 for a pretty nice place, two bedroom, um, 75 meters, square meter. But this is on the coast, right? Because I like the coast. But if on you want to go, if you want to go into the capital, if you have a job that's here in the capital, or you like an urban place, um, the rent is a lot lower here. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think anybody who doesn't speak the language uh, and doesn't have a fair amount of people skills could come here and to my town, for example, and find a nice place with two bedrooms for 500 euros. I was sure. just giving you a personal example yeah. of what is possible to find. So I think 700 to 900 would be a very nice place in most of these towns. Yeah. Okay. So as far as like, if you, if you did do um, Podgorica, Gorica. yeah it would be like 65 percent of the price so so what would a what is it like a one bedroom going for in that in the capital there would you say maybe 250 300 depending on your standard if you want to look really nice maybe 400 okay so it's significantly less it's significantly less yeah uh, both price per square meter for purchase and for rental yeah have, but the have thing you ever the coast have you ever lived in the capital? No, no. No. Okay. Yeah, that's cheap, man, to live in the capital. Yeah. It's very, very deep. Very cheap. And how is the cat? Is it pretty? I mean, is are there a lot of like theaters? Are there like cathedral? Is it a nice cat? I don't. I, have yeah, no I, idea. I, I don't like the capital too much, so I wouldn't be the best person to ask if you wanted gotcha. a more balanced opinion. Because mine tends to be that I've been in so many stunning and fascinating capitals in Europe. If I wanted to capital life, I'd move to another country. Gotcha. Right. Hands down. I, I, there are so many capitals in Europe that are amazing to live in. So mm. I like a simpler town countryside life. And for me, that coast has everything that I need. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So as far as the cost of real estate, what can you buy a flat for or a property for? So normally you'll see prices go between 1,400 per square meter to 2,400 per square meter okay. and higher if you go to these very uh, exclusive uh, developments. But that is the general price per square meter along the coast. Then if you want to buy some of these like um, UNESCO protected areas, that would be two to two and a half thousand per square meter, which is also super reasonable because prices in my city are the same. And I'm like, it's, it's so much prettier to buy a place here. Yeah. Um, and the price is literally the same. So, so the average square meter, if you look at maybe 50 square meters, you're looking at 2000 would be about a hundred grand, hundred thousand. 
right? Um, that, that's only if you're looking to live within the UNESCO protected area of like Kotor, for example, and the Kotor Bay, which is one small part of the bay. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it, like I said, between 1,500, 1,800, these are very normal prices for decent stuff, very good real estate. Wow. Of course, the, the building uh, quality can vary a lot. So it's better to know a little bit uh, about it before yeah. just purchasing. I myself bought several apartments here in partnership with a few people. And it took me two months to literally scour the, the coast looking for all the deals to understand exactly what the market looked like. And I realized you can find uh, cheaper apartments, but that could easily sacrifice quality of material in building. Mm -hmm. And that can give you a lot of problems as well, since it's coast and it can be, you know, very humid. So that could create a uh, building trouble. Yeah. Do they have people that, that inspect properties when you're ready to buy? Can you like hire somebody to go in and inspect it? Um, you... I, I haven't heard of it, but I wouldn't say it's not possible to find. There must be some kind of service offered to the, a higher end of clientele so expats who want that kind of a service other people wouldn't use it um, but i wouldn't know about it to be honest okay okay and what is what is healthcare like over there um i wouldn't say it's very good from hearsay okay. and yet at the same time i live maybe seven kilometers away from a historical uh institute of uh, what's it called therapy physical therapy so people have been coming from a lot of northern europe and russia for physical therapy for decades and decades and decades okay so it can't be terrible right like yeah it can be reasonable to a certain degree but the problem is most specialists if you have a very specific kind of uh, problem or disease that develops wouldn't even be living here on the coast they would either live in Podgorica or in Belgrade, the capital of the other nation, Serbia, you know, so that gets a little bit tricky, I think, for, uh, for healthcare. Do they have like national healthcare where, or do you have to pay into a system? Um, for example, when you open a company, everybody who gets employed in the company has automatic healthcare, right? So that's how I have my healthcare taken care of, my father's healthcare taken care of, et cetera. And it's very, very reasonable. So that when you open a company, is there something that you have to pay in every month or does the government just... When you, when you open a company, there's a, a price for the opening of the company itself. And then there's a price for the maintaining of accounting that the accountant company does for you, which is again, very small. We're talking about, you know, 60 euros a month or something like this. Gotcha. And then you're paying uh, a salary and even if you're not paying yourself as an actual salary, you're still paying the government like 50, 60 euros for your, your salary. And this is the smallest you can pay, but it covers a, a health insurance as well. Wow. Okay. So it's, so, it's... so basically, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that for 1,300, uh, 1,400 euros a year, your residency is taken care of and you have health insurance. You know, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's excellent. All right. Getting around. How do, how do you, we know how you get around, you get around by motorcycles. How do other <laughs> others, others get around by car a lot. Um, there are some buses on the coast. I wouldn't say that the most practical, 
by far the most reliable buses are the ones on my coast, which is something I appreciate. Uh, not that there are many of them, but they come by every half an hour. They go from one side of the coast to the other side of the coast, just back and forth all the time. So if you, you know, schedule your time, it's pretty easy to get around. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I say mountains and sea, I literally mean mountains and sea. So there's not a huge area in between where the mountain finished and the sea started. So mm-hmm. you can walk up and down that main road very easily if you just get off the bus, right? It's yeah, quite reasonable to get from location A to B or to get into town by bus. Mm-hmm. How, it's like what's... Link, one euro. One euro, there's monthly um, monthly passes for like 20 or 25 okay for per month 20 to 25 per month no that's a monthly pass that it's like you know you really use the bus all the time or else it's just like 70 cents to one euro for a ticket gotcha per ride okay cool and what what do you do for fun entertainment in in montenegro well yeah that's that's the only drawback to to the wonderful life we have here during the summer, there's a lot happening. Um, I'll actually explain to you what happens price-wise in the summer because one has to really know that before coming here. So basically for four months out of the year, the everything on the coast is super, super lively. There are plenty of things to go and do at night. During the day, there are live performances, some theater stuff, some festival stuff. It's, it's active. But then the rest of the year, it really, really quiets down. So you kind of have to be the kind of person who brings their own fun with them. Or you are like me who says, I need dancing. There's no dancing. I'm going to make dancing, right? So that's why I work together with another Argentine to start various tango groups across the coast, because that's one element of dancing that we really want to uh, bring here. And then I know a couple of others who are also doing their styles of dance and both teaching it and trying to see how to organize uh, more year-round parties you could say just because mm-hmm. we feel the need for that right mm-hmm. so it's basically like a lot of uh a lot of what is entertainment is based around the simplicity of the lifestyle here which is basically you've got this beautiful sea you've got amazing places to hike all you know literally in my backyard 30 minutes from my house is hiking trails so it's all very natural uh, fun yeah if you like that, it's got something for you almost all the time. Skiing here is quite good and super inexpensive. Uh, like when I say super inexpensive, I really mean like super inexpensive. So basically for sports and for nature, all year round, you've got something to be doing. Mm. Um, if you really like your clubs and your, I don't know, nightlife, uh, bars are very popular here and people go to bars a lot. I wouldn't say there's a vibrant live music scene or a bunch of happening things in town all the time throughout the other months of the year off season. Yeah, yeah. What is what is like uh, the restaurants like? What is the the cuisine like over there? The food in the in the restaurants? Um, yeah, the cuisine is pretty basic, which is funny because they have a quality of product here which is quite a bit higher than most of the rest of the world. And by the rest of the world, I do specifically mean the West. A lot of uh, products here are quite naturally grown. Even beef, you know, it's just, it's that cow right there that's eating grass. So I know Americans like to say organic this, organic that, and they pay crazy prices for it. 
a lot of the stuff here is organic, sure. which is amazing. So you're paying, you know, a year and a half, two euros for this, but it's organic. Did you know that? Right. That's just pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, like automatically, a lot of the produce is super, uh, super decent quality, like mm -hmm. not uh, some chemically altered uh, lab grown mutated vegetable, basically. Right. So I appreciate the, the the availability of these products to use at home in cooking. Yeah. And then if you want to go to restaurants, the the typical food here is very meat based, which is difficult for vegetarians to get around. Uh, very meat based. A lot of it is a variation of sausages, uh, hamburgers, and steaks. Okay. It's a lot of the food here in restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do they do a lot of seafood on the coast there? They do, they do, yeah. um, but uh, for some reason, fish here is extremely expensive. Huh. And uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, in a restaurant, fish is anywhere between 30 to 60 euros for, you know, a kilo. Wow, okay. So what would you say like in a typical restaurant, an average meal would cost? I, I would say like 15 euros per person. 15 okay all right but, but for example my favorite uh chivapi which is the local food here yeah in most restaurants it costs maybe six euros plus a drink seven and a half euros okay and then the place i go to which actually has the best quality meat it costs uh, three euros okay so it's really just called it chilape chivapi chivapi how do you spell that uh, it's a C with a, a diagonal dash above it. Okay. E-V-A-P-I. And it's basically a sausage without the wrapping. Okay. Yeah, All right. They, they, can, they can be quite tasty if you know where to find them. Yeah, yeah. Good quality ones. Yeah, I wouldn't say local cuisine is astounding at all. It's yeah, okay. one of the drawbacks and also one of the opportunities. I sure. Mean. You got good product. It just turns you into a better chef. Exactly. So, um, all right. We talked about the flat costs. We didn't, are utilities when you do rent, are they included? No, no. Utilities are usually not included, but um, I would say if you average it out over 12 months, water is very little, like 15 euros. And then heating in the winter can get pretty high. There's no central heating here, like in other Eastern European countries. Um, and then in the summer, you probably run aircon a lot because it gets hot. It averages out to maybe 50 euros a month, I would say. Okay. 60 euros a month. All right. Okay. It's Yeah, it, it is incredibly affordable there. Now, you, yeah. you touched on safety. And everybody wants to know about safety in every country that I, that mm -hmm. I interview. So... Are there any concerns in Montenegro as far as safety? Um, one time somebody took a dress that was hanging in my balcony. And the funny thing is, I don't know why they would do that because normal people here don't do that. And most of them are normal. I mean, there aren't people who, who steal on the streets at all to give you an extreme angle on this i will leave my phone on the cafe table and go take a, a bathroom break or even go over to the waterfront and forget about my phone and it'll still be there when i get back 
no one's going to touch it. I even leave the keys in my motorcycle sometimes. Now, that wouldn't be advisable all the time, but yeah. that's just how safe I feel here because the area is ridiculously safe, very small. Everybody knows everybody. Nobody's going to take something from foreigners or from other locals. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And, um, okay. And then what is the, 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 basically the last thing I have is, um, you know, like we, I, it gets cold there. Um, but what is the year round average temperature for Montenegro? I, I wouldn't know how to answer that. The seasons are basically quite hot in the summer, but not sweltering. I'm talking about 33, 34. Um, then in the winter, it'll get down on the coast to this winter. We had very nice winter. It was maybe six, seven, eight degrees during the day, two degrees at night, rarely goes below zero. Mm -hmm. And yet you have the mountains, you know, covered in snow. So it's pretty gorgeous. Yeah. Um, then it does rain a lot in the winter. So November, December, February, March, these are rainy months and it rains quite a bit. Mm -hmm. quite a bit um i think we we get like four months of rain out of the year okay so not as bad as washington yeah yeah um, but definitely a lot of rain that's why it's so green yeah sure sure okay um so that's that's pretty much all i have we've covered everything well, um some of these questions that you've given me i'm answering more in depth in this series of articles i'm uploading to my blog right now okay just because if you ask me for an answer off the top of my head, I can't scan down all the lists of reasons. So sure. I try to give you a general idea of what yes. some of those are and yep. what the cost of living would be like for someone here. As you can see, it's quite low. And uh, the drawback, of course, is that it's not so lively. You know, it's a very small towns, very small populations, especially during the off-season times. Mm -hmm. But one point that we touched on earlier that I didn't uh, clarify enough was that these prices for rental change very greatly in the summertime. So under no, uh, so only uninformed people would be coming here in May and June and looking for a place. You know, that would uh -huh. be a very bad time to do that yeah. because in the summertime, the same property is worth 2000 euros a month. Sure. You know? So like really the prices go crazy during the high season. Yeah, yeah. Four times as much, five times as much. So really to get that 12-month contract or if you want to stay here permanently, the best time is to come in autumn when people know that they have seven months of no business ahead of them and they're willing to, you know, find a, a better, more amicable uh, resolution. Also, we're getting a lot of people from Belarus and Ukraine right now. And these are people usually who have quite a bit of um, um, monetary means obviously, or else they wouldn't be coming here. And uh, that is making demand go through the roof. So mm -hmm. easily that those prices that I've quoted you uh, have been changing in the last month, and they could be changing if this uh, continues. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That's great information. Um, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so um, Valentino, is there anything else that people, uh, that you can think of that could be beneficial for the listeners to, to, to know about, um, Montenegro? Well, something that I find very attractive about this whole part of uh, the world, the Balkans, is that you will see a construction worker, a musician, uh, an architect, 
and a, a, a government employee all having a beer or coffee in the same place, in the same cafe. Okay, because everybody here is supposed to be in Yugoslav times entitled to a reasonable quality of life. And this is something I can really appreciate, right? Because it means there's a lot less uh, snobbery here than in other parts of the world. And I'm sorry, but I'm really uh, not, uh, I, I can't live where uh, snobbery is just part of society. It's very difficult for me. Back yeah. in Lima, I felt uncomfortable with this idea of social tastes. And I appreciate um, what the past socialist uh, heritage has left people with which is a feeling of like we're all you know reasonably at the same level of being able to enjoy life uh being able to deserve a good life to 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 deserve other people's respect and to treat each other politely yeah which is something they do a lot here and i'm very fond of of course there are tons of cultural oddities that would take you at least a year or two to go discovering but overall i would say uh, People here are very friendly, quite open, especially if you try to learn the language, they become extremely helpful, very amicable, um, short-tempered, very strong temperaments, but polite and pleasant in normal day affairs. So out of all the places I've been, this is an easy place to call home. Tax is also extremely low and very reasonable. And by low, I'm talking about like 9%, I think it is. Yeah. And uh, that just makes it very attractive to people who want to open businesses or who want to um, work outside of the country as well. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's great, man. I just hope that, I, I hope that Montenegro doesn't change the way other places Oh, I'm sure it's going to be changing in the next five years. But from my perspective, I think in the next five years, at least those changes are probably going to be good ones because mm -hmm. people like me are coming here a lot because there's so much this place has to offer to us. Yeah. And so many opportunities for us to do what we do and, uh, you know, earn a good living and get by in a place like this. Yeah. So I think uh, the next five years, six years here is going to be very good. Yeah, I'm talking in terms of where everybody can come together and there's there, there's a uh, a quality of life that everybody can achieve there. And and there's no really, you know, like in like in places in New York or California, there's like there's some there's people that make tremendous amounts of money and they have a status and and on top of that comes ego and then there's separation from others and it sounds to me well, like montenegro is a very special place like that well a lot of what i was telling you is this uh, yugoslav heritage which no longer exists correct it's heritage it's no longer practice so of course there is uh, a growing number of these high status individuals who have developed huge um, residential luxury properties 10 years ago and now they are their own bubble right okay. yeah, of course yeah. that also exists here but in general, the, the rest of the people have a pretty nice middle ground. Mm -hmm. There isn't like, you know, five social statuses. There's like those guys and most everybody else. So yeah, I yeah. like them a lot. Yeah, yeah. It sounds great, man. Well, Valentino DeVasco, man, thank you so much for sharing all of your information and your tips and expertise on Montenegro. Um, truly appreciate it, man. Sure, man. My pleasure. If anybody wants to check this place out, you can write me to my blog or 
uh, find out more information through my personal contacts. As and well. that is at Valentino Devasco, D-E-V-A-S-C-O dot blogspot dot com. That's going to be at the end of the podcast as well. Um, do you, and uh, you have the, the, the tango business going on as well, right? Yeah, this is something uh, we've been working on for the last six months and it's going very nicely. I also perform a lot. So I travel to different towns and do lectures on world culture, on travel culture, and on how tolerance helps build stronger societies, basically. That's fantastic, man. Um, thanks again for doing this. And I love, love the work you're doing. And um, thanks again, Valentino. Pleasure, pleasure. Have a great evening, man. Thank you.